Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the None of Your Business podcast. My name is Dr. Sean Dill, and today we wanna share with you a very special interview that we did recently with Eric Thomas. Lacey and I had the opportunity to sit down with him basically in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic and ask him his thoughts on where we should be placing our minds, what kind of mindset we should have as we are working through. And while, yes, we are talking about the beginning of a pandemic and how to position our mindset, I do think that the tips and the insights that Eric shared are worthy of a listen at any time, at any moment of crisis or difficulty, at any time when you're being forced into taking a break, if you will. How do you reframe a given situation and turn it into a positive? Well, check out this interview that Lacey and I did with Eric Thomas. I'm sure you're gonna love it. Other than ET, hip hop preacher Eric Thomas, who has taken time out of his day to be with us here today. I gotta tell you, I've got to start with a little story, Eric, before I, I run into you. You know, I've been listening to Eric and Lacey knows this. I mean, basically my whole life. I used to wait for Monday for standing <laughs> in front of your house, right? Back in those days. Uh, listening to this, and so I've been literally visioning this day. I mean, here, so many years, and you've inspired me personally so much. So this is super exciting, and I want to start with this. I know your backstory, and I know I was thinking this morning. You know, obviously, right now, people want to know about coming up and being homeless, and I was thinking about that. Homeless is not necessarily a socioeconomic thing. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a social class. It just means that you don't have a home. And so I was thinking that home means, you know, where a lot of us are in our homes now, but home means that you have a place of safety, you have a place where you belong, you have a place where you're supported. And so, you know, through this year, short year so far, you and your team have done so much already here at Country Club. So I wanted to begin by saying, Eric, welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, that means the world to me. Uh, you definitely are aging me with the uh, camera in front of my house in the backyard. Uh, that You know, it's funny. I meet uh, kids in the league, NBA, NFL, you know, baseball, whatever. You know, and they say, man, I was following you since uh, middle school. And I'm like, whoa, you know, have I been out that long? You know, but uh, time has flown. But I have, uh, of course, my youngest is a uh, graduating uh, senior from Michigan State University. So definitely been around. But I do thank you for being, you know, one of the ones that were with us in the beginning. We've never had a marketing team. We've never had major sponsors. It is individuals like you who made me number one in the world. You know, every video you shared, every video you watch, and for real, it means a lot to us because this is how, you know, our families are sustained. This is how our kids go to college, you know. So I am super grateful 
uh, for every Monday that you eagerly waited <laughs> for. Uh, thank God it's Monday. And then more importantly, I thank you guys for allowing me to use your platform, you know, to share my uh, story today. Well, let's dive in. You know, I think that anybody who's familiar with your work, you know, we know we know the stories on the other side of pain, greatness. Yeah. Right now, I was thinking when you are going through something as an individual, that's one thing, right? Because you can look out and you can have mentors like yourself, you can have role models, you can have other people. But right now, we're talking about a world that is in a place somewhat of darkness, of a lot of uncertainty, anxiousness. How do you shift your view, your message, your tone, and your inspiration when we're not talking to individuals, but now we're talking to a collective? Yeah, you know, it's funny you ask me that. Um, I'm I'm really, and I don't say this, you know, in an eerie or sick way. Uh, of course, those individuals that are being affected by, you know, the coronavirus, our hearts go out to their families, you know, but I'm literally, I feel like this is my time, you know? I feel like this is what an Eric Thomas was born for, this pandemic, you know, for years, if you heard my message, I wasn't the guy that was on and I have I don't think there's anything wrong with making money. And of course, I, I speak about it having its place, but I speak about, you know, character. And if you like nothing matters now, money isn't as important as it was six weeks ago. You know, being a celebrity, you know, I told somebody the other day, everybody at home. The basketball player at home, the baseball player, the movie star, like, and, and we've really stripped or been stripped down to just being good humans. And that's Eric Thomas's message, you know? So I really feel like this is my time to, to, to be a blessing to the world. And, um, and, and so it feels good to know, all right, they need me. It's like, put your cape on, put your boots on. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Uh, and so I've literally gotten up every morning and said, okay, you're speaking to Spain now, Italy right now. You're speaking to Japan right now, the United States of America right now, uh, the Caribbean islands. They have it on the Caribbean islands. So it's actually making it easier for me because maybe there were a group of people that weren't paying attention to my message, you know, three weeks ago who are now locked and loaded. I want to give you a stat. Uh, we probably had on our um, church service maybe a couple hundred people watching. This last message I did, we literally had 116,000 people, you know, um, join. So, you know, 116,000. That wouldn't have happened, um, you know, in a different time uh, frame. But because of what we're experiencing, and because of what we're going through, my message is so needed. So uh, I am actually really um, taking this time frame serious, my commitment to the world serious, my gift serious, and my commitment, you know, serious. So I'm 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 really locked and loaded during this time frame. I love that. You know, on our in our audience right now, it's full of service providers that are out there helping their community, helping other individuals, and there's a level of you know, that feeling that you're talking about, waking up and staying positive. But a lot of people right now, because it wasn't on 
they feel like they can't be working with the vision that they have. Yeah. How do you help people say like feel okay and be worth with the vision that they have? <laughs> You, you know, here's what I've been trying to tell people. You know, this is really a time to focus on facts and not feelings, mm. right? And, and what I mean by that, let's just say you have a set of keys. You have a car key, a house key, an office key, a mailbox key. You would never try to open your home with your car key. Or you wouldn't try to use your house key to start your car key or open up uh, your mailbox. And I think it's very critical for us to be in our facts and not our feelings right now. The fact of the matter is, just like sports, school, or anything else, there are natural timeouts built into that system. So in basketball, you might get a 30-second timeout, a full timeout, a halftime, you know, um, a sponsor timeout. You know, uh, you get timeouts in school. You know, you get a winter break, summer break, spring break, you know, um, holidays. And I don't think as humans who are operating and working on our gift that we have these built in timeouts. This is not a disruption. This is a timeout. This is not a woe is me and I can't physically work on my gift. Now it's time to mentally work on your gift. Now it's time to sharpen your mind. Now it's time to go back and look at your vision. Go back to your vision board. Now is the time for self-assessment. Now is the time for reflection in a way that you don't normally get to reflect because there's always something. There's always some demand. There's always some need. And so we actually have time now to do a body of reflection, a body of evaluation, and look at what's working, what's not working. And there, there, there's also a time for us to look at the shift. You know, I see a lot more happening online now. I remember, and I'm a lot older um, than most of you, uh, but I remember there was a time that we mocked the University of Phoenix. There was a time if a person said they were getting a degree online that we mocked them and made fun of them and said to them that it's not a legitimate degree, right? But now... Because the University of Phoenix forecasted and they were ahead of the game. Somebody sat down and had time to think. They actually put together an online platform. And who would know that the University of Phoenix is bigger than Yale, bigger than Harvard, bigger than Michigan State, you know, bigger than any university. Why? Because they don't have those boundaries, the physical boundaries that you have when you have a physical location. You can only fit so many. And now with the pandemic, more people are using the online space than ever before. And so this is not a time for distress. This is not a time uh, to distance ourselves, withdraw. This is really a time to develop in the dark what cannot be developed in the light. Uh, we all know that the stars are always in alignment, but it's in the dark that we're able to see them. We know that the moon doesn't shut off, but in the dark, you're able to see the moon. There are some things that we will be able to see, perspectives that we will be able to have, things that we will be able to create, relationships that we will be able to strengthen in this time frame that we would not be able to do under normal circumstances. 
Yeah, I love that. Right before you came on, too, you said you were with a group of teachers and you were telling them this is not the time for them to drown. And somebody said, please ask EP, how do we not drown in the voices in our head right now? Like, how do we shut them up? Like you said, to to focus on facts and not feeling and to quiet the mind. Because right now, when everything else is a little bit quiet, you know the stuff that's real loud. Absolutely. I, you know, and so here's what I want you guys to do. For those of you who have not disciplined yourself, you know, prior to this, uh, I want you to use a couple of tools. The first one is meditation. Right. I really want you to put yourself in a position where you learn to get control of your mind. Your mind shouldn't control you. But what happens when you don't have time and you don't strengthen the muscle, which is the, the mind? You know, I see all these guys and young ladies in the gym, you know, and they're lifting weights and they're running and they're, you know, they're doing their thing. People don't realize the mind is a muscle and, and, and your mind is not going to be strong if you don't discipline it. You know, if you don't do mind exercises. Right. And so I want you to learn the art of meditation where you get to you get the control of your mind. You're not letting your mind wander all over the place and tell you whatever it wants to tell you. Uh, Your mind needs to be controlled by you. That's number one. And so every day I want you to focus on five minutes of silence, 10 minutes of silence, five minutes of affirmation, 10 minutes of affirmation, five or 10 minutes where you're actually leading the brain. You're telling it what to do. You are directing your dreams and your goals and your thoughts, right? And you're speaking to yourself. All right. Here's number two. Number two, um, if your voice is not strong, you need to connect with strong voices. So you need to connect with your mentors. You need to connect with uh, influencers, you know, leaders, right? Thought leaders. You need to connect with these individuals, right? Whether it's through DM. I have individuals that DM me and I respond. Uh, I have a phone number where I use where every day. Uh, I give a message to my my followers, right? And so connect yourself with individuals who have discipline in their mind. Connect with individuals who can uh, talk you off that cliff, right? That's very important. Uh, number three, I would suggest that the use of music, that you would use music that will direct your brain. You will watch movies that will direct your brain and take you in the direction you need to go. I would suggest that you journal and you write, right? And you're you're in the in the process of writing, you're starting to tell your brain, this is what you need to do today. This is what you need to do tomorrow. This is what you need to do at two. This is what you need to do at three. All right. And then finally, you ought to surround yourself, um, what I call uh, an accountability community. You need to surround yourself with people uh, who are either in the process of getting stronger in their thought pass uh, process or people who are already strong, or a combination of both. And you're spending an hour a day, especially now that you have more time, you're spending an hour or so a day with them in the morning, and literally, you guys are talking to each other, inspiring each other, encouraging one another, and you're not allowing your brain just to wander because now you have an accountability group that's literally coaching you and supporting you Uh, and helping you. So that would be my recommendation uh, to putting yourself in a position where you can eventually get control of your thinking and not let your thinking control you.
Now, you said there is a way that people can connect with you and receive yes. text messages. Can, can you share, do you mind sharing how people can uh, plug into the ET world and get some inspiration daily? Yeah, no problem. So that's 313-251-1181. Uh, I'm going to ask if anybody is watching, if you could just throw that up in the chat for anybody that is coming late to the party. Let's make sure that we get, we get that there. Um, Eric, of course, everybody knows of the amazing work that you do, of course, with the athletes and the corporations and hearing uh, your passion really to move into the educational world. Uh, but you also have this component of your business. I mean, one of the things that, that I, I really like is that there's, there's not a secret that there is a business to their economy. And obviously, the people that you serve on the business side, they must be feeling to some degree um, what's going on in the world. What advice are you giving the business people as far as uh, how they should be thinking, how they should be preparing to get through to the other side of what you think? Yeah. You know, I would study uh, other time frames because this isn't the first time we have experienced uh, this type of catastrophe. Of course, the first time, you know, this of its kind, but we've had the swine you know, flu and we've had the depression, you know, and what you'll discover is that there were more millionaires that was birthed, you know, as a result of the depression than any other time before that. Uh, we also know that, you know, Rockefeller, uh, which was probably one of the most wealthy, wealthiest men in the United States of America, uh, Rockefeller literally uh, speaks about how he used opportunities in these tragedies uh, to um, build his wealth, you know. So one of the things that I would ask people to do is not just see the negative in this, but I would ask them to really look for the silver lining. Uh, in every closed door, there is an open door. You know, with every negative, there is a positive. And so there are some very unique opportunities um, that will prevail themselves in this particular situation. Look, again, as I said before, this is not an individual problem. This is a world problem, right? So the world is putting pushing reset. And so when we come back, there will be properties that people could afford that they once couldn't afford. Um, it's funny, my son had called me a couple of days prior to, you know, really this thing getting to where it is. And he spoke to one of my friends in the uh, car business. And he said, look, I would wait you're going to be able to get a car for cheaper than you've ever gotten a car a day in your life. You know, so there are going to be some opportunities that will come from this businesses. There are going to be bailouts by the government loans that they're going to give, you know, with the, um, with, with, with opportunities uh, that if you follow a couple guidelines, you won't have to pay that loan back. There are going to be some phenomenal opportunities that come out of this. Uh, you see in free concerts online, you're seeing people who want you know, wouldn't do anything for free. You're seeing them now giving out content and giving out, you know, yes, there's some negatives that's happening, but but there are also some great opportunities that are going to come from this, that some diamonds that are going to come from this coal, you know, some rainbows is going to come from the storm, right? They're going to be, there. there's going to be a silver lining in this. And I would just suggest that you'd stay focused on the opportunities that you would surround yourself with people who are positive during this time frame, who are optimistic, but realists, you know, they're not optimistic to the point where they're blind faith, uh, but they're, they are optimistic, but practical at the same time. 
And, and I would say um, those opportunities you have to be with your family more, to hug your wife, to hug your husband, to be with your siblings, to be with your cousins, to be with your grandma, you know, like th th that. Yes, I understand that this is an inconvenience, but there are literally some blessings and some opportunities that we have now that we have never had before. And that once we get back to some sense of normalcy, that we may never have these opportunities again. And so that's what I would say. I would say, don't just focus on, well, you know, this was my vision in the beginning of the year. And now look at this. No, I would go pivot, pivot. This is what your vision was in the beginning of the year. Now switch. We see GM will go from building cars to ventilators. Like, come on, you know, um, there are aircraft that are taking their seats out and using those aircrafts for medical supplies and um, bringing physicians, you know, uh, and nurses over to different cities to help uh, with medical attention. Guys, there literally are some opportunities that exist today that didn't exist yesterday. And we need to focus on what's next and not fear because fear will paralyze us, but faith will position us and push us to greatness. So take us back to the early days, part of the story that, that people are familiar with, but let's look at it today through a different lens. Could you vision where you would be today? And for the people who right now, like you said, they had a vision for the year and now it's time to pivot, but what we've specifically received in feedback in anticipation of you coming is, so there's this anxiousness, this fear inside. So they want to have, we want to have a big vision for what's possible in the rest of this year. How do we make that jump? How do we go? Because people are, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not even remotely close. I'm trying to get the government stimulus to pay the rent, but I still want to have my biggest year ever. Just like, for you, how did you make that jump? Yeah, you know, uh, I think first, you know, and, and please do not underestimate the power of desire. You know, remember what I said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And when you look the word want up, it's a desire. Don't ever underestimate the power of desire. It all starts with desire. Um, I got a GED when I was a high school dropout. Why? Because prior to Didi coming to my life and saying, I'm going to college, I would love for you to come with me. I want to extend this relationship, but you're going to have to go back to school and get your GED or high school diploma in order to make that happen. I had a desire I had a desire to get my GED and follow that girl to college. I did not want to lose that relationship. What was the difference between the Eric Thomas that went to school versus the Eric Thomas who went because I wanted to follow DD to college? Desire. I never desired to be in school. I, I never was excited about it. It was nothing that I wanted. Desire gives you this energy. You know, it gives you this ethos, a lot, this spirit that allows you to... Uh, uh, um, connect with and um, uh, um, bring people into your life and your space. And I literally went and studied for that GED for about two months, passed it, followed Didi to college, married her after our freshman year. We've been married for 30 years. 
two beautiful children. Listen to me. Don't underestimate the power of desire. What some of you do wrong is you, you're overthinking. You know, you're saying to yourself, well, it's, it's going to take this and it's going to take that to make my dreams become reality. No, 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 no. The very first thing it takes is desire. You want to do it. And then when you really want to do something, again, you get this energy about you. and All of a sudden, just the right people line up at the right time. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, it's going to be a piece of cake and you're not going to have any challenges. But I do say to you, nobody's ever won the Super Bowl who didn't think they could. You know, nobody ever won the NBA championship. LeBron cried. Kevin Garnett cried. Why? Because, you know, they said it had never been done, but they believed. Do not underestimate the power of desire, the power of faith. Do not ever underestimate that you can do it, that you deserve it, that 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 in your lifetime, it would only make sense for you to make all your dreams become a reality. So that's number one. I need you to feel it. I need you to go to sleep and think about it, dream about it, right? Um, I, I knew uh, as I was trying to, uh, and as I continue to try to learn a second language, you know, I remember not too long ago, I actually had a dream, you know, in that language. And I knew, oh man, I'm on to something. Like I may not, you know, get everything right. I may hear it on TV and not always understand it, but I'm dreaming it now. Like it's in my dreams. I'm eating it. I'm sleeping it. I'm dreaming it now. And say, do not underestimate the power of dreaming it, touching it, tasting it, hearing it, feeling it. Look, I want you to go so far as to record your dream uh, and then put it in your headphones. And at night, just listen to it. Let it get in your subconscious mind. So we can do whatever we believe we can do. We can have whatever we believe we could have, right? It, it, it's just, uh, uh, it's just, who we are as humans, we're creative, right? And so that is the beginning of it. After that, everything else will start to manifest itself. And so it was the GED, then it was the four-year degree, then it was the master's degree, then it was the PhD, but it all started with the GED. And the GED all started with me saying, I want to follow Didi to college. I want to continue this relationship. I would love to marry this person. It didn't start with the PhD. I wasn't smart when I got the GED. It took me 12 years to get a four-year degree. So it wasn't a genius. It wasn't a plan. It wasn't money. I didn't have any money. But it was, I had a desire to do it, and I wanted it as bad as I wanted it to breathe. And when you want something that desperate, all the cards will line up. All the stars will line up. And all you have to do is check each one. And after you take care of that responsibility, the next one will reveal itself. And some of you are doing what you're doing wrong is you're trying to see step five and six and seven from step one. Like you're, you're overanalyzing. You're overthinking it. You're doing too much. Step one is just believing that it can happen for you. Step two is tasting it. Step three is, is sleeping with it. Step four is dreaming it. Right. Just having a desire for it. And then everything will come to play after that. If you're faithful and you're consistent with each decision you make. So good. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> so we're going to land this a couple of random questions. To fill in the gap. So okay. Okay. To, to ask these questions. Um, okay. and, and, and do you guys know I can't see you anymore? I miss seeing you. 
in today's world, where do you find God? Hmm. And uh, people, you know, um, there are some wonderful stories, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. There's some phenomenal um, stories. There are uh, some phenomenal songs that people are writing that you feel the very presence, you know, of God in these songs. There are, um, you know, ministers online. There are next door neighbors. Oh, my next door neighbors are some of the greatest people raising some of the most beautiful children, you know, and in myself, you know, I find it in myself, you know, when I get up and walk in the morning and I slow down and while money is important and business is important and family is important, you know, I spend that time alone, you know, and I, and I hear it, you know, I, I listen to my music and I, you know, feel it in my music. And so I, I say we can find them all over. You know, but here's the deal. It's easier to find what you're looking for than to find what you're not looking for. And so if we make it a priority to look for, you know, to anticipate, to prepare for, uh, I find that it's easier for us to find it than when we're not looking for it and it just randomly happens. So two more. One more. The next one is... Have you ever gone and spoken to a team, maybe a professional team or a corporate team of high-level performers, and they were all excited when you left? They were cheering. They stood on their feet. And then you went home and you watched, and they just did it the complete opposite. It's almost like they didn't hear you. What do you say to people so that it translates and it's not just an incident where we're all excited to go up, came in to the live? How do we ensure that this method, this month, hears from that? Yeah, if you go back and listen to some of my earlier messages, I'll never forget, and I won't say the kid's name, but he was a quarterback for Arkansas, and um, they were playing Alabama, and they were the underdog. And I explained to him everything that he needed to do and what he didn't need to do to win the game. And they were winning the game almost, you know, with maybe two minutes left. And he threw an interception. And um, Alabama won that game. You know, he eventually went on, you know, to the pros. I don't know if he had the type of career that he wanted. You know, but one of the things that I explained to him and that I try to do a better job of afterwards is not just explaining to people the want, you know, like you what you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. But then I begin to explain to people two other things. I begin to explain what happens to those people you love when you execute versus what happens to your loved ones when you don't execute. You know, what happens when you win that big game? What happens when you get drafted at a higher level? What happens when you go to the pros and get with the right team because you made the right so so one of the things that I started to do is I started to add consequences. There are consequences when you perform at a very high level versus when you maybe perform at an average level versus when you don't perform at all. And I and I realized and I saw a shift when we started to associate consequences with it. So before when we were just talking about the dream and the goal and what do you want? I mean, I think that fired them up. That got, you know, that got them pumped up first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, but it kind of fizzled out.
Uh, speaking the world, things have changed for me. Uh, and I'll give you guys an example. My physician, my wife's physician, uh, my wife was diagnosed with MS about four years ago. Uh, she's doing phenomenal, but her physician uh, called her today and explained, you know, some medical things to her as it relates to the corona and gave her some very hard suggestions um, because her immune system is compromised. I don't know if we would have got that phone call if I would have been the number 5,450th speaker. But being the number one motivational speaker in the world, it has some very tangible, legitimate consequences uh, to my family, very much so. Um, and so that I think that's one of the things. Now, the other thing I do is I make people tell me, for every goal you have, I need 50 tasks or more that need to be done to make that become a reality. Now connecting the what and the why. There was a time where I couldn't, I didn't connect the why. You know, I just like, what do you want? You want to be successful, bad, you want to breathe? Who, why are you doing it? Who are you doing this for? But now I go with your dream and your goal. What are the tangible steps? What are the first steps that need to be taken? Then what are the next steps? And I think when I start making people think steps. So in order to be Alabama, I should have asked. You know, I should and I shouldn't have said to him what he should do. I should have asked him, what are the steps you need to take? What are the things that you need to do? And then how do we ensure that you actually go out and do those things? When I added those two extra components to the why, I began to see people perform in a way they hadn't performed when we only talked about what their dreams and goals were. So last thing, Eric, uh, before this, you were talking to a, a group of teachers super passionate about getting out there and helping the world. And you just spent all this time with us and we're eternally and deeply grateful. So let me Likewise. switch it around. What's the big why for you? Why wake up today? Why do this interview? Why do all the things when you probably don't even have to do anything? Well, no, I do have to do it. <laughs> um, you, you might be referring to, uh, from a financial standpoint, uh, no, I don't have to do it. But from a calling standpoint, you know, I believe I was born for a reason. Uh, for those who've done any, you know, studying uh, on, you know, human uh, development, you know that um, there are millions of options. Like none of us have to be born, uh, but we actually made it you know, through maybe five million other options. You know, we made it through, um, you know, our mother's wounds. We made it through the birth of the hospital, which some, you know, people don't survive. We made it from crib death. You know, we many of us, depending on what cities you grew up in, you know, you made it through a lot of stuff going to school. I was born for a purpose. Like the creator birthed me for a purpose. I was given this voice for a purpose. I was given the tone of my voice for a purpose. I was given all this energy and this passion for a purpose. And it's, it wasn't just to make good money. You know, it wasn't to have a family. Uh, I was born in this time frame to be a blessing to the world, to be inspiration and empowerment, you know, uh, to persuade people to live their best life, to, to be insightful. Like I was literally born at this time for a reason. And a lot of people's development has, my gift has played, even if it's a very 
small role, maybe insignificant, you know, in the grand scheme of their lives, I came in at a very crucial time. So what if I wasn't where I was supposed to be doing what I was supposed to do? How would that affect somebody else's dreams and goals and development? So no, I have to do this. I, I have to wake up in the morning. I have to use my gift. I have to use my energy. I have to use my passion. Nobody fills up their gas tank to put their car in the garage and let it sit. Everybody puts gas in their car because they're trying to travel. I was given fuel to give to the world. I was given energy to energize. There have been people who've gone through chemo who've listened to my stuff. People who've been on the verge of divorce who use my stuff to bring their families back to life. Teachers who use my motivation to go back in the classroom. I wasn't given this fuel to sit on it. I was given this fuel to be a blessing to the world. And so with the same measure that you meet, it shall be met unto you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And so I have to use my gift. It is my way of saying thank you to my creator. Thank you to those of you who, who are gracious enough to receive my gift. Uh, thank you to my mother who didn't get an abortion. Thank you to my wife, you know, who um, married me at a time that I wasn't on his level. I'm just, just thank you. And so that's why I do what I do because I was given these gifts to use. I wasn't given these gifts to sit on. Amen. Oh my God. I think that was such a, such a powerful message because again, everybody out there listening, is a service provider and provides to the world. And it's so easy to wake up and think that you don't have to do it. But I love that idea. It's the desire, but we have to because I want to give back that I've been given to repay everything in my life that has gotten me through. I mean, that's so Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We have you scheduled to be with us in person. I hope that this world and this country digs in. I pray that we're able to get out of our yes. to have you here with us in Indianapolis on August 7th and 8th. I'm there. www.comethesummercamp.com. Eric, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, I look forward to getting beyond the social distancing, and I look to hug and brace you guys. Uh, August 7th, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Us too. Thank you so much for your time. We still appreciate it. Thank you.